Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 TikTok CEO testifies before Congress. We couldn't get uh, square answers to just pretty basic questions. San Francisco mulls over creating a $50 million reparations office. That is Marxism, that is socialism, it is wrong, it is absolutely antithetical to what our founding fathers wanted from us. Accenture sheds 19,000 jobs worldwide amid a global tech Decline. The company has also lowered revenue growth forecast. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Friday, March 24th. I'm Mike Scott. In a rare show of bipartisanship, Republicans and Democrats both questioned TikTok CEO Xiao Chu Thursday during a hearing regarding the security questions surrounding the social media app. House Energy and Commerce Committee members from both parties voiced major concerns about the app's Chinese-based owner, data privacy, and national security threats. Also, the spread of misinformation and the safety of minors. Reporter Blake Berman says that the concern over the app is heightened by the fact that it is the most popular social media app ever. TikTok is the most downloaded app ever. Roughly 150 million Americans are monthly active users. Congressional and national security leaders worry that TikTok is beholden to the Chinese Communist Party and are concerned with how Americans' data can be used, along with whether TikTok's algorithm allows a foreign government to target and program the vulnerable and children. Berman points out that many lawmakers are concerned about an outright ban of TikTok due to the app's popularity among millennials and Gen Z, fearing that there may be a loss of potential voters. TikTok's future in the United States is still unknown. The company says the Biden administration wants its Chinese leaders at the company to sell their stake. There's also a bipartisan bill in the Senate that could allow the president to ban the app. But a ban could prove to be a political pickle, as TikTok is wildly popular among millennials and Gen Z. For example, the Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo said in an interview recently, quote, the politician in me thinks you're going to literally lose every voter under 35 forever. TikTok has tried to address some of these security concerns with a plan known as Project Texas, where American data would be routed and stored with Oracle, a Texas-based software company. However, to many lawmakers, it may not be enough. During the hearing, Chu did not definitively say whether ByteDance should completely divest from TikTok and sell at stake to an American company, emphasizing that ownership isn't the issue. Under questioning from Democrat Representative Debbie Dingell of Michigan, Chu acknowledged that TikTok may still be collecting such data from users in the U.S. with old versions of its app. 
Are there currently TikTok users who still hold old versions of the app that collect precise GPS information from U.S. users? Yes or no? That could be, but that's a small percentage. Still dangerous. While testifying, the TikTok CEO stressed that the Chinese government does not have any control over TikTok. We, we rely on global interoperability, and we have employees in China. So, yes, the Chinese engineers do have access to global data. They have access to global data. Uh, we have heard. Chu says that the issues that face TikTok are not unique to his app. And to curb those concerns, definitive rules should be implemented across the board. The potential security, privacy, content manipulation concerns raised about TikTok are really not unique to us. The same issues apply to other companies. We believe what's needed are clear, transparent rules that apply broadly to all tech companies. Ownership is not at the core. Nikki Kristoff is a consultant specializing in big tech and new tech and says that a large part of the problem with TikTok is that the algorithm is so addictive, particularly to young people. The truth is we don't fully understand what social media can do to the minds of young people. But what we do know is that TikTok is doing more to be stickier for our young people. They are more addicted to it. They're spending, I think there are 150 million Americans, but the average young user spends 90 minutes a day on it at least. They're spending nine hours a day on social media. So we don't know what the effects are, but we know that they're not good. It's basically turning their brains into gummy bears. Republican Representative Michael Burgess of Texas says that, in his opinion, TikTok CEO was far too slippery in his answers for his liking. We couldn't get uh, square answers to just some pretty basic questions like uh, did the CCP prepare the witness for his testimony today. I, I asked him that directly. That I got a non-answer, which so leads me to believe that yeah, the CCP was involved in, in preparing the witness today. Not, I mean, any witness that comes before our committee can have uh, whoever they wish to help them prepare. Certain cabinet heads always have someone help them prepare, and captains of industry that are called in have someone to help them prepare. But look, this is the Chinese Communist Party that helped prepare the witness today. And he would not disclose. I mean, you always say follow the money, so follow the money. Who is sharing in the benefit of having TikTok in this country? Well, it's the Chinese Communist Party. They are part and parcel with what is happening at this platform. The Texas congressman explains why he believes that TikTok deserves more scrutiny than other social media apps. And here's the thing. It is pernicious. The algorithms that they have developed to, uh, to, to actually cause some serious problems in our, our young folks, this is a real problem. They don't do that on TikTok in China. The product that is sold to, to their folks at home is vastly different from what they are peddling in the United States. Uh, we've had problems with fentanyl poisonings in this country. TikTok has been involved in that. We've had problems with illegal immigration on the southern border. TikTok has been involved in that. There are any number of reasons why this country, this company should come under significant scrutiny. And today in the Energy and Commerce Committee, they did. And they wouldn't answer the questions. Meantime, TikTok influencer Zachary Duranowski has over 15 million subscribers and warns that many people make a living on the app. TikTok has changed my life. So the name MD Motivator stands for Medical Doctor Motivator. I was depressed in medical school. That platform allowed me to connect at a time when 
the world needed connection. So it allowed me to get uh, out of the depression that I was in. And I create videos, as you know, uh, where we spread kindness and love. And a lot of the videos we give individuals, $500 or $1,000. And then through the views on TikTok, uh, we raised $250,000 in the last six weeks for five different families. Um, without TikTok, these lives wouldn't be changed. These moments wouldn't be created. Chinese officials Thursday said they would resolutely oppose the forced sale of the social media platform following requests from the Biden administration to sell its stake to a U.S.-based company. One of Russia's top security officials has declared that the risk of a nuclear war has risen. Daybreak Insider's Karen Chalmers has more on the latest developments in the war in Ukraine. The deputy head of Russia's Security Council, Dmitry Medvedev, told journalists that Russia's relations with the West are already worse than they have ever been in history. When asked if the threat of a nuclear conflict had gone, he replied, No, it's not. It has grown. Each day foreign weapons are being shipped to Ukraine. At the end of the day, draws this nuclear apocalypse closer. Medvedev also blasted German Justice Minister Michael Bushman, who said last week that Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, would be arrested on a warrant issued by the International Criminal Court if he were to visit Germany. I'm Karen Chamas. This week, the city of San Francisco moved a bit closer to approving reparations for black residents in the city. On Tuesday, at a meeting of the Board of Supervisors, Shaman Walton proposed setting aside $50 million to establish an office of reparations to begin preparing for the proposed actions from the Reparations Advisory Committee. The proposed funding would go towards staffing and the creation of a database that would vet the eligibility of recipients of the reparations. A few citizens of San Francisco did voice their support of the move. In a very critical and crucial time right now for the reparations movement. A very sensitive time. So, so, so many black people and people of color are enslaved by law enforcement from discrimination that I've experienced in the job market. I have all this education, and I'm out here sweeping floors. Currently, the proposal calls for $5 million payments, along with other benefits for black residents, including the elimination of personal debt and tax burdens, guaranteed annual incomes of at least $97,000 for the next 250 years, and homes in the city for a dollar per family. Republican Congressman Wesley Hunt of Texas believes the move is morally wrong. And as a black man, he doesn't want handouts from liberals. This program is not going to be funded by pennies from heaven. What you're essentially going to do is you're going to take $600,000 per family because of the color of their skin, and you're going to redistribute that wealth and then give it to another family because of the color of their skin. And that is Marxism. That is socialism. It is wrong. It is absolutely antithetical to what our founding fathers wanted from us. And I'm the great-great-grandson of a slave. Mm. Now, I am here because I'm a West Point graduate, because I earned multiple master's degrees from Ivy League school, because I served my country. My dad's a retired colonel. 
My sister went to West Point. My brother went to West Point. And I don't want to take anybody else's money to fund my life when I can earn it myself in this country. And what liberals want to do oftentimes is they want to say, hey, I want to give you something. I want to give you this. Hey, hey, young black family, let me put my arm around you and take from somebody else and give it to you and then create a victim. And I wrote this piece because I reject that. And I want to empower the black community and help us realize that we live in the greatest country in the world. We don't want your reparations. We can earn it ourselves. Hunt goes on to say that he believes reparations will only further divide the country. And he would like the U.S. to focus on the progress we already have made. And the truth of the matter is, is this, the original slaves in Africa were, 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 were sold to the West. And, and we need to keep in mind that slavery is something that's been a cultural issue in every major civilization since the inception of man. This is, this is kind of what the original sin is for humanity. But we are a country that got through it in just a handful of generations. And what I want to talk about is the progress. I don't want to talk about the past as much as I want to say, you know what, we've done a lot of good things over here over the course of the, of the past few generations. And I want to continue to build on that. And I don't want to further divide this country by saying some person is a victim today because of what their great-great-grandparents did in yesteryear. Right now, we live in a meritocracy. Let's celebrate that. And I don't want the left to destroy this country from within. However, not everyone in San Francisco is on board with that proposal. San Francisco chapter of the NAACP has blasted the move and has instead called for investments and more opportunities for the black community as a whole instead of direct payments to black residents. Releasing a statement, the San Francisco NAACP office wrote, We strongly believe that creating and funding programs that can improve the lives of those who have been impacted by racism and discrimination is the best path forward toward equality and justice. End quote. President Joe Biden's approval ratings are dipping again. We get more on this political story from Daybreak Insider's Donna Warder. The new poll by the Associated Press and the Nork Center for Public Affairs Research finds Biden's approval rating at 38 percent this month as the president and his administration confront two bank failures and inflation that remains stubbornly high. Just 31 percent approve of Biden's handling of the national economy about where it's been over the course of the last year. The difference between Biden's approval overall and his approval on the economy is driven largely by Democrats. say they approve of how Biden is handling his job as president, while 63% approve of his handling of the economy. Donna Warder, Washington. On Thursday, Accenture announced plans to slash 19,000 jobs worldwide as it attempts to cut costs amid a gloomy economic picture. Accenture is set to cut 2.5% workforce. It would lead to 19,000 job losses globally. The company has also lowered revenue growth forecast to 8 to 10%. So this is uh, uh, the mass layoffs that we're just talking about. The professional services company says it would spend $1.2 billion in severance to cut 2.5% of its back office workforce over the next 18 months, and another $300 million to consolidate office space. 
Accenture also downgraded its revenue growth outlook for the 2023 fiscal year to between 8% and 10% from its previous estimate of between 8% and 11%. However, Accenture isn't the only tech company that is cutting its workforce. Last week, Facebook parent Meta said it planned to lay off another 10,000 workers, its second round of significant job cuts in four months. Ford's electric vehicle business has lost $3 billion before taxes during the past two years and will lose a similar amount this year as the company invests heavily in the new technology. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has more on this developing story impacting one of the big three. The new business structure separates electric vehicles, the profitable internal combustion and commercial vehicle operations into three operating units. Company officials say the electric vehicle unit will be profitable before taxes by late 2026 with an 8% profit margin. Chief Financial Officer John Lawler said Model E should be viewed as a startup company within Ford. Three people have died and eight others have lost their vision after using eye drops contaminated with a rare bacteria. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens is taking a look at this developing story. According to the CDC, 68 patients in 16 states have been infected with this rare strain of bacteria. Last month, Global Pharma Healthcare recalled its artificial tears lubricant eye drops that were distributed by Ezracare and Delsum Pharma and sold at drugstores including Walmart, Target, CVS, and Amazon. Global Pharma Healthcare is located in India, where the bacteria is commonly linked to outbreaks in hospitals. It's resistant to standard antibiotics. Tasha Stevens reporting. And finally, the old saying, like father, like son, couldn't be more true for Captain Reuben Flowers, a Southwest pilot for almost 31 years. During his career, he shared his passion for flying with many aspiring young pilots. However, none meant more to him than his own son, Reuben Jr., Recently, his son joined him on a trip from Omaha, Nebraska to Chicago as his first officer, the last trip before Reuben Sr.'s retirement. Reuben Sr. says there are no words to describe the wonderful feeling that he had for his son as his first officer. I was excited. It was an awesome feeling. It was my last flight and this first flight flying together, and uh, that was, it was just amazing. <laughs> Ruben Jr. says it has been a lifelong goal of his to fly with his father. Oh, it was very important. Uh, it's probably been my number one goal in aviation was to fly with my dad. And uh, he was hired with Southwest two weeks before I was born. Oh. And then two weeks after I was flying with Southwest, I flew his last flight. So it's been a lifelong journey to get to this point. And I'm just happy that it's been able to touch others as, as well. It's been a very special moment for us and our family. Ruben Sr. gives some advice for parents who wish to have a close relationship like he has with his son. Just spend as much time as you can with your kids. Uh, do things with them. Take them out to eat, go places with them. Spend as much time as possible. And uh, 
know what their dreams are and, and back them. They're 100% behind their dreams. Ruben Jr. explains what it was that made him want to follow in his father's footsteps and become a pilot. Notice that my dad was well respected at Southwest and by uh, the peers. A lot of people looked up to him, so it was, uh, I knew that following what he said would uh, lead me straight into the path and position that he was in. So I was determined to be just like him when I was growing up. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.